Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, HaMelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. Revelation chapter 5, the Hebrew letter, Hey. Fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The importance of this word in this chapter, this letter in this chapter is paramount. One of the things that when we've been talking about is what's happening in heaven with the Messiah, with Jesus. What's going on in heaven at this moment? We see that Yohanan has the vision where there's standing Jesus and in his hand are the seven signet seals from the ring. Remember the royal ring and a decree that's stamped. And John says, he, he weeps, uh, who's worthy then? Who's going to be able to do this? But the angels are crying out. There is nobody worthy in heaven, on earth, or below, or anywhere that's worthy to unlock these spoken and written words. But the one who defeated death and defeated sin and gained the right through victory to be able to do that. So we talk about the Hebrew letter, hey, the fifth letter, because every Hebrew letter corresponds to every chapter in the book of Revelation. And tonight I want to talk about the key verse, because in every chapter there's going to be a key verse. And, you know, one of the things that, I've, you know, someone had mentioned to me is, as we go through this, they, they're sometimes shocked at how King James... And that translation changed so much. You know, just for example, Caroline and I w went to the movies today. Um, and in the, in, in the movies, there, there's a, there is a, um, a character in the movie, and the character's name is Hela. And Hela is the, the Viking goddess of death, of the underground. Okay. That's where we get the, 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 the word hell from. So when you see hell as it appears in your translations, that's because the Viking influence in England was so great that they took the Viking goddess of death and the underground and they used her name for hell. Jesus never said hell and he certainly never said Hades but one time properly at, at, at the, the place of Banias. But I want you to understand, as we look, we have to now undo the errors that were done when King James put forth this version of the Bible. And again, when you look back, you see the influence of a pagan culture on the way certain things are interpreted into writing. And, and that's why there's been such a push, especially in the Messianic community, you know, rabbis that have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, and they've gone to, they've taken great painstaking effort to correct a lot of these wrongs. Um, the Bible Institute in Jerusalem as well, they've gone out of their way to correct a lot of these mistakes because they see how it's 
really affected theology today. So when we go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, obviously, as always, I have it written there in, um, in um, Hebrew and in English. So the key verse reading, Then I looked and I heard the sound of a vast number of angels, thousands and thousands, millions and millions. They were all around the throne, the living beings and the elders. He says, I beheld the ara. The ara, meaning in Hebrew, I beheld. This is important because in verse 11, where it says, then I looked, right? That Hebrew word is ve'ara, means I beheld. That is the definition of the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, meaning I beheld. That's what the het means. So let's look at it. In Hebrew, it literally means to behold, to take a deep breath or gasp, to look upon Okay, that's what that letter means. The literal meaning is spelled out right there in the beginning of chapter 11. To take a deep grasp, to look. So right away what we see, if it's translated in Hebrew to I beheld, which is what it should have been translated, what is John doing at this moment? He's gasping because he's looking on something that's so tremendous that it makes him gasp. It's like, I'm seeing something. I'm beholding something great at this very moment. Mm -hmm. It's lost in the translation. I looked. No, he did more than look. He beheld. His eyes blew wide open. He couldn't take his eyes off of what he saw. He fixed his sight on this scene that was unfolding before his very eyes. That's a big difference between he looked. Right? As an author, one of the things we always tell people is, don't show me what he did. I mean, don't tell me what he did. Show me what he did. So when you look at it in Hebrew, the Hebrew is the showing. The English <laughs> is the telling. So we got to go deeper, especially in chapter 5, right? So... Literally in Hebrew, this letter hey means to look, to behold, to breathe, or to gasp. Spiritually, which is why I love, it literally means, it spiritually means revelation. Something is being revealed in this fifth chapter of John's quote revelation, his vision, the hachazon, he's seeing a vision, that's what this book is. God is revealing something to him that no man has seen in its entirety. The Old Testament prophets may have seen a little bit of this. Ezekiel, Isaiah, Moses, Abias. Moses was a prophet. Moses, Abraham, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They may have seen certain bits and certain pieces, but only Yochanan has seen it all in its entirety. So we have to understand that what he's beholding right now is a revelation. You see what's happening? He's watching all of the prophets and the entire Old Testament and all of these things come to life right in front of his very eyes. 
So what do you think John is thinking right now when the angel says the only one that can open the seals is the one who won the right by conquering fear and death on the cross. The true lamb that was slain. What do you think John is seeing? He's seeing all of it. He's beholding something that no human being has ever seen. The fulfillment of that last age. Think about that. That's what then I looked means. <laughs> so we have literally to look, behold, grasp. Spiritually, revelation. Oh my goodness, the word picture. In Hebrew, now remember, we don't make these word pictures up because it's from the original way it was written. Right? A man with his arms raised at a great sight. Because if you look at it, it, it's, it looks just like this. There's a little, like my pinhead. It's like a little dot right in the middle of going like this. And it's a man with his arms raised. And it was always shown to be someone who's looking at a great sight. Someone that's beholding a great sight. And someone that's breathing and gasping at a great sight to the point where they put their arms up. You see, so on what we have, when he says in verse 11, then I beheld and I heard the sounds of vast number of angels, thousands and thousands, millions and millions. They were all around the throne, the living beings and the elders. And what were all of them doing? Worshiping the great lamb of God. And he beheld all of this millions upon millions in other words I can't even tell you how many so one of the things that is important we're going to see this later the letter hey when it precedes something it means the okay Psalm 33, verse 6. So, Dr. Looper, who's an expert on Revelation, he just said this. He just typed this in. The hey is revealed in the name Yahweh, Yod, hey, thou, hey. That means the revelation of Yeshua, the Messiah. In the name, Yod, which means hand, hey, Revelation, vow, which means nail, hey, another revelation. So what does Yahweh mean? The Messiah nailed with his hand on a cross by a nail to reveal to you who the revelation of the coming Messiah is. To reveal to you on the cross in this position, taking on the letter hey itself, and he's saying even in my divine name, even in my divine name will you find me being revealed as the great lamb of, the, of God that came to take away the sin in the world. How did I do it? Because I had a nail, the third letter in Yahweh, pierced through my hand, the first letter in Yahweh, to reveal to you in the flesh who I was. The hay. Chapter 5. So now... He is also called the lion from the tribe of Judah. Judah. 
If you take that duh sound, right? if you take the D, the Dalit, and you drop it into Yahweh, you have spelled the name Yehuda, which is the name Judah. So Dalit means doorway. So if you really want to go crazy, when God says, oh, your name is Yehuda, all that means is I'm taking my letter Yahweh, I'm going to drop the D in, and I'm going to say, here's the doorway. I'm showing you the doorway to my name. Because on the doorway is painted what? What did he paint on the doorway? The blood to the lamb. The Dalit is the doorway or the entrance into a constructed uh, structure. So he's saying even in Judah and even in Yahweh, I am showing you the power of that letter Chet. Because it is only through Judah will the door be opened for those who believe in Yahweh to have salvation. Let's talk about the mystery. Because this is the thing. This is called John's vision, which we interpret as reveal. What is God doing? He said, I'm going to show you the mysteries behind all of this so that when you see it, brother, you'll never forget it. So when John went to pen all this and write it down, he probably scribbled furiously because he's like, I just was given a letter from God himself, from my Hashem, from Yeshua, the great lamb of God, Jesus, to give to the seven churches. Don't mess this up. The mystery of Hey. Now, according to the Jewish, we call them the mystics or the rabbis, okay? Hey represents God's divine breath. It represents the revelation. And it represents light. So one of the things that, as we continue, is what we're about to do, is we're about to go into the season of Teshuvah. The season of repentance. Teshuvah. The last letter in that word is the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is hey. You can see it right there. I have it written down in Hebrew right there. That's the last Hebrew letter. Now, Teshuvah, Teshuv, literally means to return, as if turning back to something that you've strayed away from or you've looked away from. You see how this is redundant? You've looked away. Now you have to do what? You have to turn your eyes back and set them on this great and mighty sight that you have lost track of. Okay? So when I wrote down something here that comes from the Mishnah Torah, okay, it's about repentance. All right, and I want to read this to you because this is from what we call a Midrash. And it was written in 1927 by a rabbi named Simon Glazer. This is a Jew writing about Jewish things. He he's, he's a rabbi. He's not a believer in the Messiah. But I want you to listen closely to what he wrote. Even though the shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah is a biblical decree, it hints at something, i.e. wake up sleepers from your sleep. And slumberers arise from your slumber. Search your ways and return 
in teshuva and remember your creator. Those who forget the truth amidst the, the futility of the moment and are infatuated all their years with vanity and nothingness that will not help and will not save, examine your souls and improve your ways and your motivations. Let each of you abandon his wicked ways and his thoughts, which are no good. Now, when it comes to this, what is Teshuvah? It is the central theme of the time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, known collectively as the 10 days of awe, or the 10 days of Teshuvah, or the day of the Lord. John was taking up during the day of the Lord. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. This entire thing, which is why I brought all this up, I wanted to explain to you, is about repentance. What John is seeing in chapter 5, because what comes next is about the church repenting in chapter 6, and once chapter 7 hits, now it's judgment. You see, the church still has to repent. Because it was the church that put us in this situation that God has now said, I have to correct the wrong that my children have done, that Israel has done. And I'm not talking about modern day Israel in the natural with human flesh and borders and boundaries. I'm talking about his people who believe in him, who are true Jews because their hearts were circumcised, that's what Paul writes, amen? And by being grafted in, when you're grafted in, you're what? You're now grafted into the tribes, and you become a grafted in spiritual Jew, son of Israel, of Jacob. So what is God going to do? The My sons and daughters of Israel, you must repent because if you don't repent how will they because I'm about to choose 144,000 they're going to preach to an entire generation that has not yet reached the age of reasoning to choose me somebody has to show them how to repent and somebody has to show them what it means to have faith in the midst of all hell there's hella of Gehenna breaking loose all over the planet. So when we hit the seals being opened in chapter 6, that is not the judgment of God. That is to show the younger generation who is strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. It is not by might nor my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Peter, the truths have not been revealed to you through flesh and blood, but by my spirit in heaven. Understand that. As Christians, we cannot get upset for what's about to happen in chapter 6. Because it has to happen. Because what? Iron sharpens iron. In the midst of the greatest persecution, does the greatest faith rise. An entire generation has to watch that older generation to say they love the Lord. And in the midst of all this, yet 
they still thrive. Yet they still praise them. Yet they are still blessed. Understand, we're about to go into the season of Teshuvah in the natural. If the Messiah is coming, it's going to be during Rosh Hashanah. That's when he's coming. It's only, we don't, you know, yeah, Rosh Hashanah is a 48-hour holiday. But there's so much agreement to have to when it starts and when it begins, which is why we don't know when it starts. You know, we know when he says, I don't know the hour or the day. Okay, he's not coming in April. Right. He's not coming July 16th. He's coming during Rosh Hashanah. We just don't know on the first day of Rosh Hashanah or the second day of Rosh Hashanah because Amen. the two, the mouths are two or three. The matter has to be established by the three watchmen on the towers. So when the three watchmen agree that they see the moon, that's when Rosh Hashanah begins. And when the three watchmen agree and see the moon a second time, that's when Rosh Hashanah ends. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956, or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Pastor Billy. This is the preparation. For chapter six, those days of awe. This is the last shot. So Ephesians 5.14, and this is where I'm, I'm going to end it. Since anything revealed is a light, this is why it says, get up sleeper, arise from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. You. Five times in the creation story. Five times. There's the light. Five times in Revelation chapter 5. There's light. What is John seeing revealed to him? The light. <laughs> we should rejoice. Let there be light. Let there be light. Way Omer, way Elohim Omer. And God said, let there be the Messiah. The revelation of Jesus. Five is a number for grace. Five. Five. Fantastic. Thank you, Cookie, for adding that in. What is chapter five? But grace. God's grace is being extended even into chapter six. Amen. So Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. We thank you for your blessings and we thank you for your peace. And as always, we pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of Jesus, the glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants.
And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Welcome to my